Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Eric McMahon. On this episode, we preview Michigan's third and final non-conference game against Connecticut. We share what we learned about the Wolverines during the week and what to expect on Saturday afternoon at the Big House. That and more coming up on Wolverine Confidential. Guys, good to be talking with you here Thursday, late afternoon, September 15th, probably Friday morning is when folks are listening to this. Uh, and yeah, here we are, the final non-conference game on the schedule for Michigan. Thank God that we are here. Do I do I have a second and a third to that motion? Amen, brother. I'm yes. sick of the non-conference. I'm, I'm over it. Like, I'm ready for Big Ten play. I'm ready to, like actually see what this this team you know is you know is made of tickets are not hard to come by i know that much and that kind of says it all i think ward manuals have to you know buy them back personally uh, for this schedule that he's given us especially since this is the ward manual bowl of sorts uh he was the athletic director at connecticut before coming to michigan he was there the last time the two teams met uh that one was a competitive game um in in connecticut this one is not expected to be. What's the number at right now? Last I looked, it was 46 and a half, 47. So I saw 40, 47 and a half earlier today, I think. Okay. So I think it's getting, getting bigger. That is that is a large number. Uh, you know, Michigan has has just dominated two opponents so far, Colorado State and Hawaii, uh, combined score of 107 to 17. Uh, UConn is one and two. Um, they lost to Utah State. They lost to Syracuse this past Saturday. Their only win is against an FCS team in their own state, Central Connecticut. Um, yeah, it's a program that's been down for a while. Uh, I've got my Athlon Sports Magazine here, and uh, they rank all 131 FBS teams. Connecticut was 129. Uh, Hawaii, which Michigan just played, is one was 127, by the way. Uh, Colorado State was 86. So, yeah, not not good all around. Um, Jim Mora is their coach. Uh, the younger Jim Mora, not the playoffs guy. Um, but yeah, he, he was kind of out of football for a few years, but he's, he's back, uh, kind of an interesting hire, but he's, um, yeah, he's going to try to turn this thing around, but it, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen overnight. Not going to happen, uh, this week. That's for sure. Michigan. Um, yeah, a, a monster favorite. And I don't know what, what, how can we make this matchup interesting? And I'm not sure that's our job to do. It's not to hype up the games. It's to report what happens. But um, I don't know. What can fans like look for that might you know entice them to tune in and maybe even watch into the second half? Well, I, I think number one, I think everyone's going to be tuning in to see J.J. McCarthy. I mean, they did last week just because he got his first start. But now that he is the guy and he is the man, I think, you know, folks are intrigued by it. You know, JJ's kind of, uh, speaking of odds, I don't know if folks have been paying attention, but JJ shot up the uh, the Heisman draft board and the odds makers the last week. He said he has checked one of them yesterday. I think it was FanDuel. He was he had like third or fourth highest odds in the country. Wow. Uh, so I, I think there's some folks behind the scenes that are, are, are clearly interested in him. He can put up some big numbers. I mean, we thought we saw what he did in essentially a half last week against Hawaii. You know, he threw for 229 yards. A uh, couple of touchdowns, and that was in one half. So imagine if he gets, you know, three quarters, three and a half quarters on Saturday. And I'm not saying he's going to, um, but you know, I, I have to think that Michigan is going to try and roll out their starters and play them a little bit longer on Saturday, just to, as a kind of a tune-up for the Big Ten schedule. So I think you're going to see some guys stay out there a little bit longer, and it's going to give them opportunity to kind of pile up the stats. And I think that's exactly what you're what you're going to see Saturday. 
You you think more than three quarters? Uh, I think that's probably the the set. Like if I were to set like a over under, it'd probably be at three. It wouldn't surprise me if you mm-hmm. go maybe into the fourth. Uh, but again, it's probably going to depend on how big the lead is and everything else. But I have to think, you know, they're going to want their first team uh, on both sides, offense and defense, to get some run on Saturday just to kind of get ready for the Big Ten schedule because you don't want to come in there, uh, you know, a little flat against against uh, Maryland next week. No, I, I get it. But just when, when you're up, probably they could be up 35, 40 points again at halftime. I, I think maybe they'll get another a drive or two, both offense and defense in the third quarter. And then it's then emptying the bench again too, because yeah, you want to get the the starters a a decent amount of playing time, but you also want to you know keep them healthy too. It is a long season, um, and I don't know how much you're going to get better by having them out there against UConn. I'm sure they're getting better facing their own guys in practice than they are against UConn, even though it is different competition. But uh, that's I guess that's a, a possible storyline of the game. How long will the starters play? Yeah, it, for those of us, uh, our listeners who play college fantasy football, okay, let's make this, I've been pushing it to make it more mainstream for years on this podcast. Uh, is J.J. McCarthy worth a start right now, do you think? He's, he's, I, he's a free agent in most leagues. I, I, would, I would take him. I mean, I'm not a fantasy guy, but like, I mean, you put you saw what he did in one half last week. You know, right. assuming he's going to get some more time this week and he, he's he's one start under his belt, he's theoretically more comfortable. They should have the offensive line intact and healthy on Saturday and ready to go. Um, I don't see why not. And they may not have Dominant Edwards available to them. Uh, it's another storyline to pay attention to whether he plays or not. So I, I, they might try and throw the ball a little bit more. Uh, so it, sh- it would not shock me if J.J. throws for three, 350 and four touchdowns on Saturday. And then I'm not saying, and I don't know how long he would play, maybe three quarters. But it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if he puts up some big numbers uh, against UConn. Yeah, and if and if not for this week, just for the following week too, because then you have Maryland who might actually score some points against the Michigan defense, so he'll probably play the whole game and and could put up some whopping numbers. So yeah, I mean, I would definitely if you could pick him up. I, I'm not a fantasy expert in, at the college <laughs> level by any means, but uh, I guess there is a lot more options with 130 something quarterbacks available compared to 32, but. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a, a, a no-brainer to me. My league is only the power conferences and then uh, like Notre Dame and uh, BYU. I don't even think UConn's an option to have any of their players. <laughs> you don't want to pick any... out their freshman quarterback that uh, yeah. threw for 90 so, yards last week? Yeah, so last thing on the Michigan quarterbacks, who do you think is like the backup right now in a blowout? Because I think we all know if someone, you know, if some, JJ got hurt, the game was, or he was really struggling and the game was still in doubt, that Cade McNamara is coming in. But when you have a useful backup like that, do you go right to him, you know, who, who's got experience, you know, second half, this game's out of line. Do you kind of skip him, you think, maybe and, and go right to Davis Warren and, and some other guys? Because that I, I would say yes, but I, I, I'm interested to see how it plays out. Jim has done that in the past. I mean, he, he, there have been instances where, yes, Michigan is blowing out an opponent, whether it was last year and previous years, and he necessarily doesn't go to the backup. He throws in the third string guy or the walk on or the, even the true freshman. Alex or would be a perfect you know, opportunity to get Alex Orgy in the game uh, or Jane Denegal even. So I guess that wouldn't shock me. Um, but given the way that, you know, this quarterback competition played out, I, I do have to think Jim is probably going to do every get every opportunity possible to him. I think he's going to try and get Kate in the game, give him some playing time, just to get him in. I mean, remember he is the captain. The, he's got you know the way this whole thing played out. His opportunities might be limited going forward. So I, I wouldn't sh- shock me if Kate is the first guy in uh, on Saturday. 
but no, I mean, number th- as for the number three quarterback, I it sounds like it's either Alan Bowman or, or Davis Warren. Alan played; he came in third. Um, the season opener against Colorado State, Davis Warren uh, was the third guy in last week against Hawaii. So it sounds like they're battling it out for it. Um, you know, if I was again, we're not privy to practice; we can't see the behind the scenes stuff. But I think just given the the experience level and I think his handling of the offense, I would lean Bowman. But again, we've seen Warren, you know, slinging around a couple times now. I thought he looked good last week. I thought I thought uh, Alan Bowman looked good in the opener as well. He you can make the case he might have played better than Kate McNamara. Uh, so I, I I wouldn't feel you know uh, worried about putting Bowman in. He just get he just hasn't started a game in a while, but he's got that experience and that kind of in game um, you know experience. He's he's been there and done that. I think especially when it if it were to come to you know Big Ten play whatever the case may be, I'd probably feel a little bit more comfortable with him. I think it depends too on, on what type of mission would want to run in that situation. If they want more of like a Cade McNamara type, they can go with Bowman. If they want more of a JJ McCarthy type and in the read option game, you could probably go with Warren because it seems like Warren's got some pretty good legs on him too and can, can move and run that read option. So yeah, it, it's a tough call. And I mean, I'm sure Michigan fans don't want to find out who that third, third, third string quarterback is, but um, yeah, yeah, I think the, the mission has a plethora of, a plethora of options there to, to choose from. Uh, as for UConn's quarterback, Ryan alluded to it. Uh, they lost their starter to, uh, you know, ACL tear in the first quarter uh, to Quan Roberson, uh, who Michigan fans might remember. He was at Penn State, uh, came in for Sean Clifford in that game against Iowa last year. Uh, did not fare very well. I guess it says a little bit about the UConn quarterback room that he won the job uh, at a camp. Um, but he actually was, he, he had a good series. He, they scored a touchdown, then he gets hurt. Um, so yeah, they have to bring in a true freshman Zion Turner. He, he wasn't a three-star recruit, you know, number 38 ranked QB by, by 24 seven sports. Um, yeah. And it, it's been pretty, it's been a lot of dink and dunk. I mean, he 14 of 17 against Syracuse for 92 yards, as Ryan <laughs> mentioned. So like that, that's, that kind of says what kind of offense they're running. And that was with a, uh, a 56 yarder. No, so like that, that, that's oh kind of amazing. Gosh. The other, the other 13, uh, you know, didn't even go for 40 yards total. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where they're at right now. Um, you know, again, it's, it's just, it's just a, it's a, it's a rebuilding program that, um, you know, shouldn't put up too much of a, of a fight against Michigan. Um, but like we said, it, it ends after this week and we get into big 10 play, but I don't know what else did we learn about, uh, Michigan this week? Uh, you know, Aaron, we, you mentioned Donovan Edwards injury. Um, yeah, they, I know, you know, spoke to, uh, you know, the co-offensive line, uh, co-offensive coordinator and offensive line coach, uh, Sharon Moore. Um, you know, that's a unit that again, they just haven't, haven't been perfect. So it's like something to nitpick. Um, yeah. What, what, what do you, what can you say were the highlights of the week? Yeah, I think the number one storyline from injury perspective is Edwards. Um, it mm-hmm. sounds like I think we all assume he got injured on Saturday, but it sounds like he'd be aggravated something. Jim Harbaugh went on a radio interview that earlier this week and said that uh, he's been banged up for a couple of weeks now. So it sounds like it would not shock me, I guess, if Edwards is held out Saturday and does not play. It's just kind of a precautionary thing. I mean, they don't really need him. Uh, so it would probably be safe to, to let him sit, and it would not shock me if, if he does. Jim didn't say much this week, which signals to me he probably isn't going to play. Yeah, um, yeah. we spoke to Strong Moore, uh, offensive line. As you, as you mentioned, they have been perfect the last couple of weeks, and I think part of it is the inability to uh, – for oh, week one, they were unhealthy, so they were shuffling things around and, and moving guys in and out. So I think it was a little bit of an issue there. Um, Trente Jones at right tackle, he's played both games. 
Uh, he's had a tough go of it so far. I think the expectation is he's going to improve. Um, but you know, the reality is Michigan's offensive line is going, to be, is going to be asked to pass protect a lot more this year than it did last. And, that, you know, they were very good run blocking last year. They were able to dominate the line of scrimmage, and they didn't have to pass protect a ton. This year's a different story. They're going to have to do a little bit more, and you're starting to see some of those flaws. I think they're, and in a way, I think they're starting to, they're learning to gel and trying to get their uh, their boundaries and, and learning to play with one another because there are, you know, as much as we talked about the O-line coming in this year and how, how good they were supposed to be, there are some new pieces there. I mean, I mentioned Trente Jones. It's his first kind of year starting at right tackle. Uh, Olu's, Olu Oluwatimi is obviously started at center. They're, they're learning uh, on both sides of him. The guards are learning to play with him and next to him. So that sounds like it's going to take some time. Uh, the good thing for them, obviously, is this week non-conference schedule. They're kind of they, they have some time to get their act together, so to speak, before things kick up a little bit. Um, other than that, I mean, defense. We spoke to Steve Klinkscale, uh, defensive backs coach, co-defensive coordinator. They're still pushing for turnovers. Uh, he's been relatively pleased with the, the, their ability to get the hands on the football in the secondary, um, but he still would like to see more turnovers, more interceptions, and, and more the, more of the like. That seems to be the the end all be all goal there. Uh, this year, you know, he, he said, he, he said, well, PBUs are great. He wants interceptions. And I think they realize that obviously they aren't getting the, you know, the pressure up front that maybe they, they would have gotten last year. So they're going to have to lean on the, them a little bit more. So, I mean, those are things to watch going into Saturday and not a ton to pay attention to. I expect this to be a blowout, probably in similar fashion to maybe Colorado state week one. I don't expect you kind of be as bad as Hawaii. Um, <laughs> but I guess never say never at this, at this point. Yeah, the Michigan game is at, at noon uh, on ABC. And then, um, you know, there, there's there's other interesting games in, in the Big Ten. Penn State goes to Auburn um, at 3.30. And, uh, you know, Michigan State gets gets probably tested for the first time at, at Washington, uh, you know, a team that Michigan fans know well from last year. Um, you know, n- new coach, uh, you know, some new key players. And, and Washington is a, is a three-and-a-half point favorite in that game. It's always tough making that long trip. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I'm on Michigan State in our in our Big Ten picks looking for a bounce back week. Uh, yeah, you know, it's that time of year. We're about to be Big Ten play. Start, you know, maybe closer eye on the uh, on some of the, you know, conference rivals. Yeah, that three and a half point spread differential is probably just the difference of home field advantage. Uh, and that's the issue with Big Ten teams or even you can say the Pac-12 teams going from one side of the country to another. Just a long, grueling trip. It, it takes a lot out of you, changing time zones like that, um, just to play one football game. So it's it's always a tough task. I mean, Michigan State did it a couple of years ago. I think they had to go to Arizona State, if I recall correctly, uh, and they played them tough, but they ended up losing. It would not surprise me if that's a similar situation on Saturday. It'll probably be a competitive game. Um, I'm really curious to see what we're going to learn. I think a lot more about Michigan State because I think there's, there's some fans up in East Lansing a little concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, they're unbeaten just like Michigan. They've dominated their first couple of games, just like Michigan. Um, we're going to find out kind of what they're really made of. Whereas here in Ann Arbor, Michigan, I don't think we're going to learn much of anything on Saturday. It's going to be another week of us trying to figure out nitpick and everything else. When in reality, I mean, they're just playing some bad teams and they're doing what they're expected to do. How many touchdowns does Iowa store this week? The odds makers think they'll get at least a few, right? I mean, <laughs> if you're a 24 point favorite, unless you're expecting a shutout. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's something to see from a team that, uh, has struggled as much as they have offensively to be favored by that much. I'm going to throw you guys a curveball. I say they score like 28, 30 points. I think they cover their spread. I mean, this is a Nevada team who I think some of us thought would be okay this year. 
they gave up like 50 something points incarnate word last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, 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 as bad as Iowa's offense has been, and, and they're bad, obviously, I do think they, they get a couple of touchdowns at the very least on this. And I, I don't think it ends up being close. I think they run away with it. I, I think some folks looked at that spread right away and thought, well, we'll just hit Nevada. Whereas I, I don't know, this might be the game where the uh, Iowa offense uh, wakes up from its, uh, his long nap. There you have it. We'll have to see how the Big Ten picks play out. Or they're published on MLive.com, so you can check those out. And uh, Friday, you can see our picks for the Michigan-UConn game. All right. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for continued coverage on MLive.com slash Wolverines. <laughs>